At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Friday morning here on a numbers game presented by BetMGM. So excited to have you all along here. I'm Ben Wilson from the South Point Sportsbook Studio here in Las Vegas. Pleasure to fill in for Gil Alexander and also for Jeff Parles. I'm like the tertiary fill in here. Jeff feeling a little bit under the weather today. But we do have a fun guest list today. We're going to get into uh, continue our deep dive NFL conversation as we ramp up for the 2022 NFL season, starting with Eric Edholm, longtime NFL reporter, going to join us here in about a half hour. Also, our good friend, Mr. Dr. Eric Eager. I don't know if that's how we're officially supposed to talk about the doctor, Eric Eager, pro football focus analyst will join us in about 45 minutes. You get a whole half hour of the wide world of Weingarten today on this show. Jason Weingarten talks his uh, Jason has some, some more ridiculous uh, futures thoughts here in, uh, in major league baseball coming out of the second half. I might throw some in season win totals at Jason. See what he thinks of those as he'll join us at the top of the 11 o'clock Eastern hour. And then Dave Ross, I will, uh, he'll be in studio here. Excited for that half hour of Dave talk some UFC, maybe some golf. Some we never know what topics we'll hit on when uh, when Dave Ross is in the house. That is coming up at the end of the show uh, at eleven thirty. So fun show on tap today. Elliot Bauman, our producer behind the glass. You know, Elliot. Clearly, they had to figure something out when Jeff was sick to make sure we still had two Missouri alumni alumni in this studio today. So a couple of couple of former Missouri Tigers here. Me on the desk, Elliot behind the glass. What a beautiful sight that is, Elliot. So, good morning. You want to say good morning? 
Okay, Elliot said good morning. Thanks, Elliot, for at least saying good morning. <laughs> um, wanted to start off, so I, right after this show ended yesterday, and by now everybody knows what happened with the Kyler Murray uh, contract, but that, that came out probably around uh, the, the noon, east, noon to 1 o'clock Eastern hour. So that was happening right, as, right after we wrapped up yesterday. Just some, just some quick thoughts there. Now that we – it's funny because to me it's – like th- this was something we figured was going to happen, uh, th- really the whole – time, right? This was not really a shock that Kyler Murray gets paid here where he makes a a $230.5 million contract over five seasons, now second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. What I found interesting, though, is it's just the general narrative, not in the not in the way the betting market has changed because it hasn't. And again, the market was always set up to believe that this was a situation where Kyler Murray was always going to return. It's more interesting to me now that now that this is concrete and we know that Kyler is going to be back in Arizona. It's just this general sense now where we've kind of looked at, all right, what have, what have we seen out of Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and the Cardinals over the last couple of years, and how is that going to apply in 2022? And we've sort of gone into this, like, I don't know if it's, if it's just a convenient narrative to fall into of, well, clearly they're a team that gets off to really good starts, and then they just fade down the stretch. So now that Kyler's in for this year, and we know he'll be there at the start of training camp, that's definitely just going to happen now going forward. That's just sort of an assumption. I just, it's interesting to me that we immediately go there, especially in an NFL, a specific league, right? Where you have so much variance from year to year. You see teams all the time go from making the playoffs to completely dropping off. Uh, We've had this discussion when it comes to alt win totals, where you can find value there. If you are, if you have a lot of conviction on a particular team, simply because so many teams usually either way overperform their preseason expectations or go way under uh, Arizona, for what it's worth, eight and a half on the win total. Third betting favorites coming out of the uh, the NFC West this year. About a four to one divisional favorite, depending on the shop. And about even money, slightly juiced to the no there, not uh, to miss the playoffs there. So slightly, uh, slightly favorites to not be in that end of season tournament. But it's such a, to me, it's so lazy to just look at this and say, well, Kyler's in. They're definitely going to get off to a good start. And then it just kind of depends how much they have in the tank going down the stretch for Arizona. And if you actually look at the rest of this, you know, the rest of this roster to me coming into last year and and even the past couple of years, there were so many things to like about what Arizona had from if if, if you start on the defensive side with how unheralded a guy Chandler Jones was. Remember, he had five sacks in the opener last year, even though he was playing through a contract dispute and said he wanted to be traded. Jones now out no longer in Arizona, now in Las Vegas this year. And you think about the, what, what Arizona had at the wide receiver positions, which is certainly compromised this year with DeAndre Hopkins getting the six-game suspension to start the season. By the way, Kyler Murray completed 75% of his passes to DeAndre Hopkins over the last two seasons for an over 122 quarterback rating. I have to think that's, that's got to impact the rest of his game, at least to a degree. And so when I actually look, and, and Pro Football Focus, I mentioned Eric Eager will come on later, uh, the Pro Football Focus guys, they've done their full position-by-position position breakdowns, and this is not meant to be you know, the one list, you know, the end-all, be-all here to what we evaluate right for our, our general position groups in the National Football League, but you look at what Arizona projects out this year, 25th on the offensive line, 16th in the wide receiver room, which could certainly have some variance depending on how much perceived value you think you get out of DeAndre Hopkins over the final uh, 11 games of the year and 23rd in the running back room where uh, we, we saw Chase Edmonds fail to stay healthy last year. And uh, yeah, certainly that was where James Conner took over, but you have a couple of veteran guys who don't exactly inspire a whole lot of confidence. 
overall, the roster from the ESPN Pro Football Focus general uh, season breakdown here coming in, 23rd overall out of the 32 teams. Not, not really a situation where you would think, well, this should be a team, especially who a team that has shown serious issues to always finish out a season strong. You look at all those roster breakdowns, you wouldn't exactly think, well, that's a team I would have as essentially a pick them to make the playoffs this year. It's just because of the fact you now get Kyler signed. And this is to me really a non-story. It was always going to happen. We naturally get into the, well, all right, if they just get off to a good start, it's possible. That's where I say, look at the schedule that we have shown right here. Uh, and it is the uh, eighth toughest schedule this year. If you look uh, for more and sharp, he published all these based on the fellow Vegas, uh, Vegas win totals this year for all 32 teams in the national football league Cardinals 24th on the strength of schedule. And I mean, you see why you have really three pretty brutal stretches, three, three little clusters there starting the year, which is usually where Arizona is at its strength. Again, if I'm saying usually I, my point in all this is to say, I just think that's a, a complete fallacy that just because they've done it to, they've happened to do it two years in a row against a pretty soft schedule out of the gates that Arizona is just automatically a bet on team early and a bet against team late. There's so many other variables and random factors to me that go into that. And when you look at the chiefs Raiders Rams to open the season and then Rams Niners chargers week 10 through 12, and even to an extent, I mean, Pat's at Broncos in December bucks weeks, 14 through 16 out of the bye. And with one of the latest bye weeks, I believe that is the latest bye week of anybody in the National Football League in week 13. It puts me in a position where, if anything, and, and again, it's not that the market has overreacted or really moved on this because it hasn't. Uh, it's, it's not one of those situations, though, where just because Arizona now has their guy locked in for a five-year extension, I, I find any, any reason to want to back Arizona coming into this year. It has not changed my opinion whatsoever. It just fascinates me that we, we sometimes, we, you know, we try to find edges, especially in a, in a league like the NFL, that is the toughest market to bet into. And one that always has the sharpest lines from the preseason to mid you know, to every single week you go through the schedule and we're looking for those little angles. And yet bookmakers know exactly what everybody else is saying. They know we've been talking about the whole angle of good start, bad finish. It's just not that simple. And I'll be like, to me, this is the most fascinating, most important year of the Cliff Kingsbury tenure. Now that he rolls into another year where they've come up short each of the past couple seasons. And what do you get out of the gates? That, that to me remains to be seen. But if anything, to me, uh, it is a, uh, it is, it is an under team, at least as of right now, again, I need to do more of the deep diving on Arizona, but uh, simply because you one guy who you're already assuming would be there is not just magically going to fix a lot of the other problems that, that this team has going on. What was also just comical about yesterday was you, you find out now with, I don't know if this was done on purpose, just to, just to get him over this certain threshold, but the fact that Kyler Murray now makes more per year than the entire Oakland A's payroll combined, uh, Oakland A's are at about uh, what, 43 million. Kyler going to be making just a shade over 46 uh, per season. And the fact that Kyler was drafted, I mean, first overall by the Oakland A's, uh, a team that is on a uh, like the Oakland A's are on about a 59 win pace right now, uh, even though they, they did split a doubleheader yesterday against Detroit. They're drawing about 3000 fans a game and have made it pretty obvious. They are looking to sell off anybody with any perceived value at the deadline whatsoever. Uh, Frankie Montas presumably will be the last pitcher to drop. He, he pitched what we think will be his penultimate start last night there in an Oakland A's uniform. I just find the whole juxtaposition really interesting where you look at that, what, you know, Kyler's decision, obviously from a money standpoint, right decision, 
But for these baseball teams that have made it so clear that they have no desire in winning right now, and the ownership group has uh, no, really, and it, it's not like Oakland is, is new to this, but ownerships groups that have made it extremely clear and abundant that it is not going to invest whatsoever in the product on the field. I still wonder if, if the books really have found a way to adjust for that in say like a season win totals market, or even in, in the adjusted win totals market, Oakland was a great example where they, I mean, 69 and a half was the preseason win total for a team that was not even attempting to put out any semblance of a product on the field. And as soon as, I mean, as soon as Sean and I was dealt about a week before the season started, that number started to tumble a little bit, but it's just another example of for some of these teams at the bottom, and it represents major league baseball's large chasm right now between the haves at the top and the have nots at the bottom, but also the willingness to actually spend it to me becomes a whole other conversation of, I, I still think there are opportunities to actually take advantage of that in the betting markets. Look at a team like Baltimore. Who's been this. I mean, that's been the story of the first half. Baltimore Orioles, 500 so far. They're still you know, 10 to 1 to make the playoffs. But we've seen stories come out. It, it sounds like Baltimore is looking to sell off some of their guys at the deadline where uh, Jorge Lopez, has, their closer, has been in trade conversations with the New York Mets. Trey Mancini is another piece who could be on the move. Mets have been rumored for him as well. Toughest strength of schedule remaining second half of the year. As, as tough as that would have to be. If you're, like, you're an Orioles fan. You've watched so much bad baseball and an ownership group that hasn't really been willing to spend all of a sudden, you're actually half decent. You're filling Camden Yards again, and now they just want to sell once more. That would infuriate me so much as a fan, but at least as a better, I see a DraftKings. They're, they're in season regular, uh, their regular season win total prop now, 75 and a half. So you're, you're basically going to have to play at this point, uh, you know, about, look, it would be five games under 500, so that's somewhat baked in. That's still a lot to ask for a team who is clearly in sell mode. And who's 500 right now with the toughest schedule left in Major League Baseball. I just find it amazing. You compare the NFL to Major League Baseball, the discussion is entirely different, like two separate worlds, essentially. Uh, we'll discuss some U.S. Open tennis. This is a tennis show, after all. Talk about some of those early odds when we return here on a numbers game. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, 
why and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We are just getting started. It's a numbers game presented by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson from our South Point Sportsbook Studio. Happy to be along uh, for the next couple of hours here. Elliot Bauman, our outstanding producer behind the glass. we got Kev in the house on audio. Uh, Jeff Jens, Liz Foster, our technical director. Downstairs keeping the show uh, running smoothly here on a Friday morning. We will uh, have a bunch of guests still to come today. Eric Hedholm going to join us next segment talking some more NFL after we open the show with some of those Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray thoughts. But want to transition to really the last major championship of the year in the individual sports. Golf, we're done with the, with the four major championships. We'll still have the tour championship to come at the end of the year. For the tennis, though, and as I said going into our last break, this is a tennis show here at a numbers game. I am certainly going to make an attempt to keep that rolling, even in Gil's absence here from the show. But U.S. Open tennis, that gets started here in about a month's time is when the main draw will actually get underway. August 29th from Flushing Meadows, one of the best, it's like to me, for, for American sports fans, one of the best in-person events you can watch from a sports, you know, just from a sports viewing perspective, just an incredible experience. If you're able to go hit up Arthur Ashe stadium, uh, go walk around the grounds there, go to uh, an event there at the U S open. But what I'm fascinated in by the odds right now, uh, and this is something that we saw in the Australian open with Novak Djokovic, uh, Djokovic's uh, his, the controversial 
the billing of whether he would actually be able to compete leading into that tournament. And we saw how books were pretty slow to move on that information. And keep in mind, here we're at in a point where, I mean, all sort of COVID-related handicapping is pretty much gone now in, in the majority of the sports. It's not really something we deal with anymore. But the one, the one thing it still applies to is in tennis where because of the just general international nature of this sport and how worldwide the WTA and ATP tours really are, as opposed to being strictly you know, U.S.-based like most of the other sports that we all watch and bet on, this is an interesting it's, – it's just an interesting dynamic where – uh, because of different countries' vaccination rules for different foreign nationals, you've had a lot of wildly varying, uh, uh, I, I would say, protocols in place for a lot of these players. Novak Djokovic flies to Australia as the tournament favorite member back in January, is denied entry into the country, again, not being unvaccinated, and is essentially forced to go in like a government hotel and then fly home, wasn't even allowed to enter. We talked about this way back in January. Uh, we you know, tried to get out in front of the betting markets on that and pick off some numbers that were certainly not going to be there whenever, whenever that ultimate decision happened, which we all kind of figured the case would be like, we just figured there's no way Djokovic would play. So you fast forward now. Now he was allowed to play at the French, allowed to play at Wimbledon, but the U S open, he's not going to be allowed to play. He is again, not he's, he said this right after the Wimbledon championship, which he won in the press conference says, I have no plans of getting vaxxed. I don't assume, I don't presume the U S open is going to allow me to come to play since the U S requires all foreign nationals visiting to be vaccinated right now. That again, that's just the rule. And how can we apply that to the handicapping is kind of the point I want to make here, because if you look at the odds, which will show from bed MGM, and this is not just MGM, it is every single book out there. Novak Djokovic is not only is he listed on the odds board, he is a dollar 60 favorite to win a U.S. open that I would set the realistic odds of him competing in the U S open at about 2%, I would say there's a 1% chance he decides to get vaccinated. And actually, there's probably a less than 1% chance of that. And there's like a 1% chance that the U.S. The US decides, actually, yeah, it's okay if to, for foreign nationals to come in uh, regardless of vaccination status. Again, th- I'm, I'm just throwing those random numbers out there. It's really realistically probably more like less than 1%. Now, here's the thing that we saw, though, from the Australian Open that can kind of lead us into finding some value here on this board where naturally, and I understand this from the book's perspective, they don't want to say, all right, Joke- we're not even going to offer Djokovic because we don't think he's playing. And as a result, now, like all of a sudden, if he somehow is able to play and things change at the last second, well, now you find yourselves in a really tricky spot as a bookmaker where you haven't even been offering a guy who would be the presumptive favorite. And that's just not a situation you can put yourself in. So I get why they have him posted. The other element of this is, like, you theoretically could. Could you put Djokovic at say a hundred to one and just say all bets are action. Right. And if, and if he doesn't play, then now you lose your bet. You could theoretically you could, but as books have shown us, it's not something they're really willing to do. So as a result, you can't really, you can't really find a middle ground and say, well, we'll make Djokovic like 25 to one, because if, if that was the case and you were refunding his bet, if he didn't play, well, it would just be an absolute cascade of money on Novak Djokovic. So this isn't me saying the books are idiotic for doing this. I get exactly why Djokovic has to still be on the board and why he has to be the favorite. That like that part of the logistics makes a lot of sense to me. Now, we've seen a little bit of adjustment. If you, you see, there's four other guys in single digits right now on the odds board, which is not at all what we saw at the Australian Open, where it was essentially Daniil Medvedev and Alexander Zverev. Those were the two other guys in single digits. Uh, I remember pouncing all over Zverev, had some amazing eight, nine to one numbers on Zverev at the Aussie Open only for him to completely choke and collapse. Uh, I think in the fourth round there when he lost to Denis Shapovalov. 
Uh, but the, the principle still applies where even though there's a few more guys now who have been shortened a little bit, still think you can find some good numbers and it might not necessarily be on these guys at the very, very top. Because if you look at it, you have Rafael Nadal, who is going to be playing in this. If he plays in the tournament, and that's not even guaranteed, he'll be playing in it less than 100%, compromised after playing through injury. Remember, this is a guy, the ultimate warrior in the game of tennis right now, who legitimately had to retire and withdraw from Wimbledon before a semifinal because he had because of the torn muscle he suffered in that quarterfinal win. And for a guy like Rafael Nadal to do that, and considering you have basically just over a month to get yourself completely ready for the U.S. Open to start, I'm not convinced Nadal even suits up. So now you've got two of the top five guys on the odds board who, one, Djokovic is not playing, and two, Nadal might play, but is a guy who has proven, like he's proven to us, he will, he will battle and be a tough out no matter what, but it's going to be significantly less than 100%. Now you start looking at other guys because you're thinking, all right, well, where do we go from here? I mean, this has to make, you know, there's got to be options. Now you have Char- Carlos Alcaraz, Charlie Alcaraz, as is is young Gil would say, a guy who is third on the odds board. By far, this will be, I wouldn't say by far his worst surface. It, it became pretty obvious that grass would be the worst surface for Alcaraz and in his struggles there to find consistency. But he's a guy who prefers the slower hard court, like what we saw in Indian Wells, which led right into his very, very good clay court season and his run to the semis at the French Open. Carlos Acaraz on a faster surface like the U.S. Open, a little similar to what we see in, in some of these other, like Aussie Open and U.S. Open, a little more comparable than, say, in Indian Wells, which is a much slower surface on hard. This is not really an event for, for Alcaraz, and he... To me, he's kind of reached his peak in the market right now. He's going to be a guy who probably goes, you know, take, goes to another gear next season and is one that will certainly be in the mix to win a French Open going forward and probably multiple French Opens at that and probably some other slams mixed in there as well. But that's a really short number. And it's funny because I think he's the he and Daniil Medvedev are the two guys that the books have identified where like, they get that Djokovic probably won't play. So they've shortened those two guys the most specifically. And Alcaraz, I don't think you can really play, not at that number, certainly. And I don't think in general he's a guy I would want suited to this faster U.S. Open hardcourt that we are generally going to see. So right away, I'm kind of, I'm ruling out three of the first four guys. So Daniil Medvedev, like if there is a guy you bet, it's him. Just to have somebody in pocket at plus 240. But like if you further go down the line here, Alexander Zverev, not trustworthy whatsoever. All you, all you have to do is Zverev is just, just go through the results, not even at majors, just his tournaments in general. This is a guy who at one point had a, had a potential to be a top three or four player in the, you know, in the current world form with Roger Federer out injured and Djokovic dealing with, with all the travel bans because of his lack of vaccination. And yet Zverev had a complete mental breakdown against Nadal and Acapulco, choked against Shapovalov at, at the Australian Open, has not been a factor in either of the two subsequent majors. I don't trust Zverev whatsoever at eight to one. Stefano Sitsipas has basically been a choke job machine his entire career on tour at 10 to one. And he's, and it's not like this surface is his best either. Can't get behind him. Dominic team is coming off injury at 20 to one. Roger Federer. I give about a 5% chance of actually playing in this. He's at 20 to one. That, 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 that offer is only there just because Federer said, he was targeting the end of summer for a return. And if, you know, the U S open starts at the end of summer. So naturally he's, his name is on the odds board. Look, I mean, between Yannick Sinner, Felix, Auger, Ali, Asim, I would even go as far as to say Matteo Berrettini at 28 to one. Who's had great recent form, even though grass is his strongest surface, but Berrettini who was undefeated in the grass season before being forced to withdraw 
with a COVID a positive test there at Wimbledon right before his first round match. Berrettini, who's made a made a couple of deep runs into the quarters semis here at the U.S. Open. I I, I give like the Sinner, Auger Aliassime, depending on the numbers you get, Berrettini. I give those three guys. I, I, I certainly feel like if you want to mix and match your bets, even way ahead of when the draw will come out, those are the guys you look at for this year's U.S. Open. It is very rare we have said that about a men's tennis grand slam in a really, really long time. Where does that open on the odds board? But as we've just laid out, there's a reason why. Medvedev's got to be in your account, though, if, if you want to go that route. But the value down the board, oh, it's so juicy. It is really, really juicy heading into the U.S. Open. All right, we're going to talk some NFL. Eric Edholm, NFL reporter, joins the show next year on a numbers game. The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke on Major League Baseball, plus NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features the daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, plus use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Running out of days in the month of July, guys. $2.11 per day, by the way, if you want the uh, the exact daily calculations on that. You could have got done a lot better about a week ago, but you know what? Excuse you lose $2.11 a day. Uh, ben Wilson back with you from our South Point Sportsbook Studio here in Las Vegas. Time to go back into the National Football League as we discuss all things NFL with Eric Hedholm, uh, who you see it with NFL, NFL Media, a longtime reporter there for the National Football League. Follow him at Eric underscore Edholm on Twitter. Uh, Eric, it is such a pleasure having you back here on a numbers game. Let's just start with the kind of the news of the last couple of days with Kyler Murray and what this deal will actually mean here for Arizona going forward. We've seen the betting markets kind of anticipate uh, the signing coming back here where they're set at an eight and a half win total. Um, realistically here, f- seems like this was something that was always going to happen, but what is next now for Arizona, a team that's going to be without one of its top assets in DeAndre Hopkins for six games? There's been a lot of turnover roster-wise. Like, What, what do you expect now that, De- uh, now that at least Kyler is there? What's that kind of the next step for this team to have to figure out as it gets closer and closer to the start of the season? Yeah, I think it was an important step. I mean, there there was some tension between the two sides. You know, I mean, this wasn't, you know, completely smooth sailing to get to this point, but that's part of the negotiation thing. And, you know, that's that's all water under the bridge now, and I think Arizona's got to be happy. It, it's been a bit of a strange offseason. Um, obviously, you know, losing Christian Kirk forced the, I guess, compelled them to, uh, to trade for Hollywood Brown, as you mentioned, the Hopkins suspension. The good news is, though, they have their head coach, their GM, and their quarterback under contract. Uh, you know, we just now have to determine if this is the right group, <laughs> if this yeah. is the right trio. I mean, at times, Murray's been great. You know, we've seen Cliff Kingsbury have maybe a little more success than I think some people expected. But last year was, you know, the bottom really did fall out late. Uh, they were a, a very, very good team uh, for a big, long stretch, even missing Murray and Hopkins for a couple games there. And, uh, the end of the season, though, didn't turn out the way the first two thirds of the year did. So, it's a tough division, as you got, you know, as everybody knows. I mean, the Rams obviously coming off the championship, and, and the Forty ers kind of reloading, if you will, and, and reconfiguring. We don't know what Seattle's going to be, but I think, you know, there's going to be a, a fierce battle for third place, and first and second, you know, could could go in any order. So, you probably jumble those three teams up and. Any of them could finish first, but 
Cardinals still have some work to do, and, and not having a pass rush is going to be an issue too. So there's there's a, there's a lot to figure out. Yeah, no question. The thing we started uh, the show talking off with Eric is the fact that we we've seen this kind of narrative develop where okay, two really two seasons where you've had really nice starts for Arizona out of the gates, and then it it's uh, tailed off as we've talked about here down the stretch. How much do you like put yeah. stock into that from a, a league that is basically defined itself by variance in the National Football League? Like, are you is there something you've looked at that's kind of quantifiable in what Arizona has done early that has separated themselves from some of these other teams since you look at it naturally and it is one of the tougher schedules, especially right out of the gates, those first three, three weeks. Like, is this just a random thing we've happened to see or has there actually been something to this, what Arizona has been able to do early on since they're desperately going to need that without a top weapon and facing a tough schedule here to start off? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, two years does not necessarily make a trend, right? But obviously you want to see if there's any kind of, you know, correlation there or anything that, you know, adds up to suggest that this is a team that can start fast and then and then tail off for whatever reason. I don't know that there's any kind of coordinate, you know, any kind of correlation between those two things. And mm-hmm. not having Hopkins early is obviously going to be an issue. So, yeah, I mean, it could be the opposite this year. You know, they could easily start off with a with a slow start and and really, you know, put themselves behind the eight ball, if you will. But yeah, I mean, I would say Kansas City and and they've got the Rams early on. Um, you know, a couple other tough games in, in, in the mix, and they have a later bye week. So, you know, hard to know what to what to make of this team. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's, I think, drawn some criticism for you know, the, the play calling, the, the in-game decisions in, in some of those close games has kind of come back to bite them a little bit. Um, you know, teams have maybe kind of caught up with them a little bit as the season has gone on. Kyler has, has played hurt, too. And some of his effectiveness has kind of waned as the season has gone on. Is he going to be the the same runner he was? You know, I mean, I think that's a question you could have with Josh Allen and other running quarterbacks. A lot of them get to the point where they want to sort of be more of the passer and less of the scrambler. I don't know if uh, if Murray's effectiveness will would be the same in that situation. And as the season goes on and he takes more wear and tear, you know, you're less prone to, to take off yeah. uh, with the ball in your hand. No question. Uh, Eric Edholm joining us right now on a numbers game, uh, the NFL reporter for NFL media here, Eric underscore Edholm uh, on, on Twitter. We also saw as far as signings go, some other smaller ones, including Josh Rosen, the return of Rosen. Uh, he is back in the NFL was the, was the backup in Tampa or in Atlanta. I should say last year threw a couple passes and threw a couple interceptions in that time. So he gets signed by Cleveland. Are we like, could this be the day? Could this be like the Friday news dump day? It actually happens for Deshaun Watson uh, or, and is, and is this signing here just kind of the thing you were expecting just to have somebody in the room behind a Jacoby reset there, Eric, for the whole time from at least Cleveland's perspective of trying to have some sort of contingency plan here in place. Yeah. I mean, you knew they'd make some kind of transactional move. I mean, I, I believe that uh, was a Joshua Dobbs. I think was the only other uh, quarterback under, under contract for Cleveland. You know, I think all along, obviously the, the Browns have been bracing for suspension the, the, the slow news leak the last couple of days has suggested that eight games may be the number. Um, you know, it's kind of significant, too, if, you, if you're, I mean, just from an optics standpoint, that's now less than a half or less than a half season. You know, with the 17-game slate, you're talking less than 50% of the games. And, you know, is, is it that significant in and of itself? No, but it gives people a kind of a talking point if they're irritated about, about Watson and they want a stiffer suspension and all that. But from a transactional standpoint, having that third quarterback during that eight-game stretch or whatever it ends up being, 8, 10, 12, whatever, 
you know, it was obviously important that Rosen, you know, is he going to be able to survive his career mm-hmm. at all or, or get a chance to be a starter at some point? Who knows? But obviously, Brissett figures to go in as the starter. Rosen would get a great chance to be the back out of, a backup if he can beat out Dobbs, and then they welcome Watson back at some point. So, you know, Cleveland's got the roster to win, and, and if they can get Watson for more than half the season, you know, if he ends up coming back and playing nine games and possibly the postseason as well, this has got to be considered a huge win for Cleveland. And, you know, the, the league's obviously going to have its view of, of what the suspension was and whether it was just or not. But from the Browns' perspective, you have to think that if it does go down that way, they'll be in better shape than a lot of people anticipated not that long ago. Yep. Look, I personally was just rooting for Rosen to get signed by the uh, the Carolina Panthers just so we could say we had three quarterbacks all in the top ten in the same class. Rosen all on Darnold battle? Wouldn't that have would been, been the most, yeah, wow. would have been the most amazing <laughs> thing of all time. Unfortunately, we, I did not get my wish. Yes, chosen Rosen now. I there know. Sorry. Uh, oh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, you just finished up, too. Your, uh, you had your AFC South previews. Those are just posted now at NFL.com. Uh, Eric, so since that's kind of the most the freshest thing I know you were just writing about, wanted to transition to that division with you. And Jacksonville's yeah. uh, been a very uh, unique team to look at this offseason where they've gotten some love in the betting markets with their win total, been bet up here by by a win or so and you're seeing them in the uh, in that six and a half to seven range what do you make of just from the perspective of washing the stink off the urban meyer regime bringing in a proven winner in the past like a doug peterson how how big of a jump do you expect for jacksonville here now that it is year two of trevor lawrence and and it's a a new at least somewhat football savvy regime coming in that at least has been in a professional setting here in the past there uh, with with the doug peterson and, and the way he'll lead that team Right. I, I think there's there's a respect factor with, with Peterson. I mean, you know, did things obviously turn sour in Philly? Yeah, but you can't take the Super Bowl win away from him. And I think you can't take away the – and it's not just the, hey, boys, let's go get some ice cream vibe. But I think it's just a totally right. – you know, a total departure from what they had in Meyer. And that alone is going to provide some, you know, I think a little more ease, a little more comfort. You know, Lawrence is kind of a – you know, laid back, you know, different vibe kid than, than I think Urban Meyer was used to working with. And so, you know, that alone was, was going to probably hold him back to a degree. And, and now a, a clear offensive vision. I mean, Peterson Press Taylor, I think, will try to maximize Lawrence's abilities. And, you know, it seemed late in the year when, when Trevor started to at least get in a groove a little bit. And it certainly peaked with, with the Week 18 game against the Colts. I thought that was his best outing of the year that I saw. But as he used his athleticism a little bit more, uh, it, it seemed to kind of open things up. And now they get Travis Etienne back. They've added to the receiver room with, with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. And, you know, they have some options at tight end, it seems. And, you know, all of a sudden you can see the picture kind of coming together. I mean, they still got to wait for James Robinson coming back. And, you know, the offensive line has to prove itself. But, you know, Doug Peterson is always sort of – built his teams around the line, the line of of scrimmage. They could be really good if those two groups come together. I'm not really good, but really competitive, I think. Look, lots to like about the Jacksonville situation this year. Six and a half, the win totals, the the juices to the under, but a lot lot of positivity there in Jacksonville. Eric, such a pleasure having you on, man. Thanks for for doing this. Always great to get your insights, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you soon here uh, on a numbers game. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, we're going to talk Eric Eager. He joins the show next here on ANG.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts (sighs) here at lisa we know that good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The first inning is unpredictable, but you can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game. If only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to $20. That's right. Simply place a single or parlay no-run first inning bet. No runs in the first, no problem. You win. If only one run is scored, get your wager back in free bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long. With BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. Opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. 
Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. If only we were reading that leading into uh, Jason Weingarten, the world's uh, biggest hater of no-run first-inning wagers. <laughs> anyway, we'll have Jason coming up in about 15 minutes. For now, though, we welcome you back to the South Point Sportsbook Studio. I'm Ben Wilson here on A Numbers Game. Great to speak with Eric Eager right now, uh, who you see his work at uh, Pro Football Focus. PFF underscore Eric is where you find him on Twitter. Uh, Eric, the last time we talked, it was on a primetime action. I know you've been handicapping CFL as well this year. You got any action on uh, Blue Bombers Elks tonight that the, the people will want to get involved with here? Blue Bombers like a seven-point favorite on the road. Yeah, I make the game about nine, uh, so I, I probably would lay – if it was a seven, I'd lay seven. I don't know if I'd lay seven and a half. Um, also, by the way, because of all the COVID stuff in Saskatchewan, I, that, that number has gone from, I think, Toronto plus five and a half or so on the open now. It's about one and a half. If you still like Toronto, uh, a good teaser is Winnipeg down to a point and uh, Toronto up to seven and a half points uh, if you want to tease uh, the CFL, which has been pretty good this year. Beautiful. I see, yeah, I see a couple of sevens still out there, but most of the market on Winnipeg has gone to a seven and a half. It, like Eric Eager, he does a little bit of everything. He can help us out on a CFL handicapping as well as NFL thoughts. So that is, that is a good angle to look at here this week in the, in the CFL slate. Uh, as far as what we just saw, the, you know, the big news here in the last 24 hours, Eric, in the NFL, Kyler Murray's contract and, and the extension there. When you've looked at, at your numbers on him there from, from the PFF grades and everything on Kyler, uh, how do you evaluate this deal relative to his actual uh, value that you would assign for a guy like Murray? And, and just how fair is this extension if, if you're just looking at the raw numbers evaluations there on, uh, on Kyler Murray in Arizona? Well, he was, he was a three-win player last year, three wins above replacement. Generally, you would add, you know, say $10 million per win above replacement at the QB position. Um, so... You know, clearly a very valuable player. I don't know, you know, if if I'm gonna make give him forty five million a year if I'm if I'm a general manager, but I think the alternative is obviously for the Cardinals it is different because Steve Kime, you know, Cliff Kingsbury got themselves out of a jam by taking Kyler Murray first overall in twenty nineteen. And so they get contract extensions. I think it would look really bad if they then didn't give Murray one. But it's hard. I mean, for mo- when, when your quarterback is on a rookie deal, you have to make it count. And you look at, you know, the Bengals make a Super Bowl with Burrow. The Chiefs make two Super Bowls with Mahomes. You know, obviously Seattle, two Super Bowls with Wilson. Um, you know, you know, even the Panthers made one Super Bowl when Cam Newton was on rookie deal money um, because it just gets harder, right? You can't, you know, get DeAndre Hopkins for $27 million APY when your quarterback is making 46. So, uh, I think if you're a Cardinals fan, you're disappointed that the only thing that you came away with in the Kyler Murray era was one playoff appearance, one playoff game. Um, they were really bad in 18, so they certainly have improved, but they haven't improved necessarily to where like they get the real bang for the buck while he's on a rookie deal. And now you're asking him to improve even more because he's making so much more money and he will have uh, a lot less support because you know, you're obviously taking those resources away from other positions. So they're really in a tough spot. I mean, I, I would short the Cardinals, not because I think you know, Cliff sucks or Murray sucks. Mm-hmm. I just think the math sucks for them. Yeah, I think this is what I asked uh, Eric at home a little bit earlier in the show. I want your take on it, too. Uh, Eric, and it's, it's this whole concept of Arizona being a great early starting team and then fading down the stretch. When you've looked at the, at the data statistically, like how much of that is actually real and how much of that is just total random variance that they happen to get off to two good starts in, in two consecutive years? 
play that the the narrative's true. I mean, they're a top five team and expected points added, yards for play, all that kind of stuff. The first half of the last two years, and they're a bottom feeding offense the last two years in the second half of the year. Uh, I think both times it coincided with Murray getting injured, so maybe it's not necessarily Cliff losing his fastball and more Murray, you know, being an electric player early in the year and then being injured to the point where not necessarily his rushing production goes down because last year, the first half of the year, he didn't have a ton of rushing production, but just the threat is gone uh, from that situation once he gets injured. And then, of course, things in that offense don't necessarily turn out as well when, when they don't have to worry about Murray running the football. Um, but it is real. I, I think this year will test it, though. I mean, they have Kansas City, uh, the Raiders, and then you know their third game of the year. I can't remember exactly. Rams at home. They're, yeah. they're going to be underdogs. I, yeah, yeah, I think they're going to be underdogs in their first three games. Um, so, it, 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 but last year they were underdogs in Tennessee. We've won. In fact, they were underdogs in Cleveland. They were underdogs in LA. Like they won games outright as road underdogs, like four or five times last year. So who knows? I, I, I think uh, it's going to be. It's tough for me to think about over for that team, and I am invested on the under because mm-hmm. I, I just. You know, for example, that defense. I don't think I don't see them repeating the okay situation they had last year, despite bad personnel. The data scientist for Focus, Eric Eager, joining us right now on a numbers game. PFF underscore Eric is where you find him on Twitter. Speaking of the Raiders, one of those teams Arizona will have in that early parts of the year. Uh, very interesting. I was looking at some of your the PFF passing grade numbers on Derek Carr, where he uh, he was first led the, led the league in your passing grade on the throws inside the numbers last year, but was a bottom ten quarterback on throws outside the numbers. Naturally, you just wonder. All right, you bring in one of the premier outside receivers in the game, Devontae Adams, to Las Vegas. What do you expect as a result now with Derek Carr? Where, where do you expect those passing grade numbers to end up uh, this year now, given the different personnel that he's got at his disposal? Yeah, I think a lot of people view the end of last season with the Raiders as, oh, my gosh, they did so well with poor coaching, you know, losing John Gruden and going with Rich Bisaccia. But, you know, you look at Carr, he really blossomed under John Gruden. I, you know, he, he was starting to struggle at the end of the Del Rio era. He, re- he was – you know, kind of conservative, struggled a lot early in the Gruden era. He got better and better and better. And, and I think Gruden schemed up throws, you know, over the middle of the field. That's the most valuable, you know, spot of the field to guys like Darren Waller and, and guys like Hunter Renfro. And while I think Josh McDaniel is a good offensive mind, I think a lot of people are baking into the cake this idea that Carr's going to improve under McDaniel when in reality he was improving under Gruden and I think he's going to have to basically get better fundamentally as a player to stave off regression um, that, that might come by virtue uh, of, you know, the, the change of offensive coordinator, the change in head coach. So it's a, it's a weird, uh, you know, prediction for me. If I had to guess, I think Carr regresses a little bit this year relative to the expectations we all have for him because I think he played above them the last few years. No, it's a fascinating way to look at it, too. And I also think when you look at – we have 10 new coaches this year in the NFL – at least from you know, the circles I've been talking to, Eric, you get this this general thought of, all right, well, Josh McDaniels at least has experience, so it's automatically just going to translate. And it's you know we forget, okay, it was a complete disaster in Denver. It's been over a decade. Realistically, like, what do you expect from McDaniels coming back for his second stint as an NFL uh, head coach? Like, how much of that do you try to factor in when you're uh, when you're handicapping the Raiders, given that it is a change and it is a new guy there in Vegas? Yeah, it's hard because he if he has success as a as an individual away from the Belichick nest, it would be singular, right? It'd be, it would be, he would be the exception, not the rule. I mean, they, these coaches have always struggled away. Um, you know, he seems like a realistic person. I also think the reasons he didn't 
go to Indianapolis before 2018 are all very valid reasons. I think he's a rational guy um, in, in that regard. So um, I, I, I'm bullish on him relative to other Belichick guys, but it, it's just so hard because Belichick does so many things. And, and, and so when, when a guy like McDaniel, I think has been one of his best assistants, has success in New England, I always just wonder how real that can be when the guy goes and tries to do it for himself. Yeah. I, it's, it's the question we are all kind of wondering <laughs> coming into the year. Uh, real quick, before we let you go here with, the, with about uh, 60 seconds left, Eric, of, the, of those 10 new head coaches, which of, which of those 10 do you feel like is in the best position to immediately produce results here coming into 2022? Uh, I, you know, I, you know for, for betting purposes, I would take Kevin O'Connell at 20 to 1. Um, that Vikings team, you know, 15 and 18 the last two years, um, but they haven't lost a game that Kirk Cousins started by, by more than one score since mm-hmm. Christmas of 2020. Um, so that, that's a team where they could roll the ball out tomorrow and play almost the exact same quality of play and finish like 11 and 6. And I think if they do, um, you know, Cousins and Jefferson are not going to produce better numbers than they have the last two years. I think all of the credit goes to Kevin O'Connell. And, and, you know, that means that 21 in DraftKings is probably a good bet. That's, that's a very intriguing one. 20 to one on coach of the year. I don't, look, Cousins to lead the league in passing yards. I don't think it's crazy either, which you can find in the 20 to one range uh, as well. Uh, Eric, you the data, data scientist from pro football focus. Always kind of give us some time here on a numbers game. Eric, always a pleasure, my friend. It's always a very enlightening conversation to have you on. And I'm sure we'll be catching up soon. Thanks again. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Absolutely. All right. Our number one in the books here at a numbers game Friday from the South Point Sportsbook Studio. We'll catch up with Jason Weingarten next talk and all things Major League Baseball when we return right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.